Dauber Prospects Radio, episode 53. I'm your host, Peter Harling. You can follow me on Twitter at Farling, P-H-A-R-L-I-N-G. You can follow the podcast at DPR underscore show. So today's show, I'm going to be going a little bit over a couple of leagues here. We'll be talking about uh, the upcoming U18 World Championship and doing a little bit of a review on some of the rosters there talking about Canada and Sweden, and I'll be stealing a little bit from Joachim Nevalainen, talking about Finland and Sweden's rosters as well. All the junior leagues are in their playoffs right now. Uh, some of them are wrapping up. Some of them are about uh, about halfway through. And uh, the NCAA Frozen Four will take place this weekend in Buffalo. They will also be announcing the Hobie Baker Award winner coming up this weekend too. So I'm going to touch on both of those events as they are kind of big deals. And of course, with the draft lottery happening uh, tomorrow night, as I record this on Monday night, I uh, thought I'd have a look at, uh, rather than looking forward at the draft lottery, because it's kind of futile predicting draft lotteries, I, I thought I'd go backwards a little bit and look at uh, the 2014 NHL draft and do a quick little redraft of the first round and, and what that might look like, who are the some of the big risers and who falls out of the first round. Uh, So before I jump into that, I'll just let you know that you can uh, listen to and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Please do go ahead and hit that subscribe button and uh, go ahead and give me a five-star review. Maybe if you see a posting of the episodes on Twitter, go ahead and give them a little little love on social media too. Help spread the word. All right, enough of that. Let's get right into talking about some hockey stuff. Uh, I'm a huge, huge draft fan. I love going to the NHL draft. I love doing fantasy hockey drafts and, uh, I love ranking drafts and so on and so forth. So I think it's really interesting taking a look back and looking at drafts and seeing where, where teams picked players that they picked, who were the hits, who were the misses, and if it all went down again, what it might look like. So let's take a look at that right now in the 2014 draft. This was the draft where the Florida Panthers had the first overall pick, and they picked Aaron Ekblad, followed by uh, Buffalo, Edmonton, Calgary, taking Reinhardt, Dreisaitl, and Sam Bennett. Uh, this was a very, very, very fun draft, and uh, there are some some huge players moving up in the rankings. Uh, there are some players that fell way off right out of the first round, uh, right out of the, the top five. And uh, so without any further ado, let's take a look at that. So the redraft first overall pick belonging to the Florida Panthers, they change their pick and they go uh, move Leon Dreisaitl up two places and take him with the first overall pick. I mean, Aaron Ekblad is a great defenseman. He's certainly a number one D, kind of an anchor on their blue line. Uh, He's ended up with some concussion issues, though, and I wouldn't say that he's disappointed at all. But uh, you look at Lee and Dreisaitl and, and what he did this season especially, and uh, it's hard to pass on that. Number two, we look at the Buffalo Sabres, and they went ahead and took Sam Reinhart with the second overall pick back in 2014. They get a mulligan on that, so they're going to move David Pasternak up 23 places, almost out of the, the, the second round. He was a late first-round pick, uh, and they're going to go with, with Pasta. He's uh, proven to be a dynamic offensive winger. Uh, he's still very young, still has upside to go on his point totals. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be hard really to pass on David Pasternak. 
This is a lottery that the Edmonton Oilers didn't really win. They got the third overall pick. Uh, they took Leon Dreisaitl, and they're going to have to redo that because Florida took him at first. So they're basically swapping picks, and Edmonton's going with Aaron Ekblad. I think uh, one of Edmonton's potential shortcomings is the lack of depth they have on the blue line. Uh, Aaron Ekblad, while another young player surrounding other young players, uh, he's uh, very mature for his age. He has been his whole career. It led to him getting the exceptional status. That would give Edmonton two exceptional status players on their roster with uh, McDavid and Ekblad. Um, so that was my reasoning behind Edmonton taking Aaron Ekblad. Fourth overall pick, the Calgary Flames took Sam Bennett. On draft day, this is a player I thought should have gone a little bit higher, maybe. Uh, in hindsight, maybe not. Uh, still not disappointed with the production that he's been able to put up in the NHL, but given the choice between Sam Bennett and Dylan Larkin, Calgary Flames are going to go with Dylan Larkin. He's uh, he's just had a bitter impact in the NHL, uh, so he jumps up 11 places and goes at fourth. Fifth overall, the New York Islanders. They had two picks in the first round of this draft, and they pooped the bed on both of them. Uh, Michael Dal Cole is a player who was a prolific junior scorer in the OHL, uh, carried the Oshawa Generals for a few seasons, took him to Memorial Cup, tried to take the Kingston Frontenacs back, but uh, they fell a little bit short. He falls out of the first round entirely. He has failed to really make an impact in the NHL. He still might yet. I mean, give him, give him some time. He made the NHL pretty much this year. Um, but he had some really slow adjusting time to the pro game. So they swap out Michael Dal Cole and they go with Braden Point, who jumps up 74 places uh, into fifth overall. Hard to argue with the point machine. He's just been dynamite. He's going to get paid this summer. The number six overall pick, the Vancouver Canucks redo Jake Furtanen. Uh, this is a pick that has irked many a Vancouver Canucks fan and uh, so this gives them an opportunity to do a do-over and they go ahead and take William Nylander and move him up two places stealing him from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Number seventh overall Carolina Hurricanes took Kale Fleury and you could argue that that pick hasn't really panned out yet. He's bounced around a little bit between the AHL and the NHL not really made an impact on the NHL yet. And uh, anyhow, so they decide to change it up and they're going to take Sam Ranhart since he's dropped down five places from his original draft pick at second overall. And uh, the Carolina Hurricanes get themselves a center in Sam Reinhart. Eighth overall, Toronto Maple Leafs lost the ability to pick William Nylander. So they go ahead and take another player who's fallen down the standings a little bit and four places. They pick up Sam Bennett from the Kingston Frontenacs. And uh, I just talked about Bennett and what I like about him. So uh, a little bit of homerism there maybe on that pick. But it's my podcast. I can do what I want. Ninth overall, Winnipeg Jets. They uh, they picked Nick Ehlers at ninth overall in the 14 draft. And they do it again. He slots in really nicely right where they picked him. I think that was a very reasonable pick. And... Uh, they are quite happy to go with him again. Number 10, Anaheim Ducks. They took Nick Ritchie. Not a bad pick at all, actually. And I thought about giving Nick Ritchie to Anaheim here as well. Uh, I'm a really big Nick Ritchie fan. Saw a lot of him play for the Peets. I think he's uh, 
he's going to be a better impact player than he's been so far. However, if I just gave everyone the same player that they picked originally, that would be pretty boring. So mixing it up, moving up 102 spots, jumping all the way from way down in the draft. Victor Arvidsson is the Anaheim Ducks redraft pick at 10th overall. Number 11, the Nashville Predators picked Kevin Fiala. And uh, can't see a reason why they wouldn't pick him here again. I know it's boring, but they do. Uh, 12th. Phoenix Coyotes, now the Arizona Coyotes, but back in 2014, they were still the Phoenix Coyotes, and they took Brendan Perlini. Um, I had him drop a little bit, actually. He had a bit of a slow start to his career. He seems to be doing okay in Chicago now, but um, the fact that Phoenix gave up on him led me to believe that if they had the choice to pick it over again, they probably would, and they're happy with the fact that I didn't put Nick Ritchie in Anaheim, and they pick him up after he drops two spots. Washington Capitals at 13th overall picked Jake Verana, and they do that again. And at 14th, the Dallas Stars took Julius Honka, and they do that again also. I know this is boring. It gets better. 15th overall, the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, they had taken Dylan Larkin here, and he ends up going 4th overall to Calgary. So the Dylan Lark- uh, Detroit Red Wings need to redraft and they use this opportunity to take Travis Sanheim and add to their defensive core, picking Travis Sanheim three spots earlier than he was picked. At number 16, the Columbus Blue Jackets pick Sonny Milano. They do not repick Sonny Milano. He has struggled mightily in making it to the NHL, but he's having a good AHL career. However, uh, Columbus fans think he just needs a change of scenery, so he'll get that after Columbus doesn't draft him. And instead, they go ahead and move Alex Tuck up the board by seven picks. And they take Alex Tuck, who was originally drafted by Minnesota and part of the Vegas expansion. 17, we have the Philadelphia Flyers. They picked Travis Sanheim and Detroit went ahead and snagged him. So they have to redraft. And they look at the next player available because they have such a deep prospect pool. And they think that at this point, Considering the redraft, that would be Nick Schmaltz, who jumps up three places after being drafted originally 20th overall by Chicago. So Nick Schmaltz ends up going to the Philadelphia Flyers. At 18, Minnesota, who had picked Tuck, he's no longer available. They go way off the board, and they take someone who jumps up the most out of anyone who I did this redraft for, and they pick Andre Cash. Uh, he moves up 177 places in the draft, which is just a phenomenal jump. A great pick um, getting him at when they got him in the original draft. All right. 19th overall, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They have done a fantastic job of drafting and identifying and scouting uh, under the Steve Eiserman regime and era. One pick that I think they might... Uh, that might have done over if they had the chance would be this one, Anthony D'Angelo. He's bounced around a little bit in his career, and it looks like he might have found a home on Broadway with the Rangers. Um, but they decide to redo their pick here, and they look at a nice, young, undersized, speedy winger that fits really well with what they want to do. Two-way player, Kasperi Kapanen, who jumps up three points, three places, originally drafted by the Penguins and now a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But... If the redraft were done over, he'd be a Tampa Bay Lightning. Number 20, Chicago, Nick Schmaltz. He's gone, so they pick someone who 
surprisingly enough, fell a little bit down in who is on their roster right now. Brendan Perlini falls down eight places uh, and ends up where he is now anyways in Chicago. 21 overall, and this was the real hardest one of the whole redraft for me, Robbie Fabry. If you look at Robbie Fabry's potential and you think if he hadn't been injured for almost two whole entire seasons, uh, his point totals could be outrageous right up there in the David Pasternak era. He'd be a top 10 pick for sure. However, this is a hindsight draft, not a speculative draft. The original draft was the speculative draft. So in hindsight, he has been injured heavily, um, and these injuries may hamper his... uh, How could they not hamper his development? I mean, the guy missed two entire seasons and some very formative years. Um, However, the upside is still there. And looking at the potential of the other players who were available at 21 overall, um, I think St. Louis Blues have the depth enough that they could still go ahead and and repick this player and roll the dice on him and and hope that he can get his injury woes behind him and string together a couple healthy seasons and see some of his potential come to realization. Pittsburgh Penguins have the 22nd overall pick. They picked uh, Kapanen, and he's gone now. So they need to redraft, and they go ahead and they take uh, Jared McCann. Jared McCann goes to the Pittsburgh Penguins. They need themselves a defenseman, and so he actually moves up two spots in the draft, which might be surprising for uh, some Vancouver Canucks fans who weren't super high on him, and he's now a member of Florida Panthers, I believe it is. 23, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, They went ahead and took Connor Bleakley, the only player who has yet to play an NHL game in his career that was taken in the first round. He, of course, is not reselected here. Um, Maybe not picked in any round. Uh, So the Colorado Avalanche look to get a do-over on that mistake, and they go and move Oscar Lindblom up 115 places and take him at 23rd overall. 24th overall Vancouver Canucks fans will be not disappointed to see that Jared McCann's not available to them anymore so their solution to that is to move uh, 34 places up Christian Dvorak move him from the second round into the first round Uh, really like Christian Dvorak I think he's got a good all-around game and some good offensive upside could fit on the wing there nicely in Vancouver Uh, I think he's a player that has trended up since his draft 25th, Boston Bruins. Uh, They originally picked David Pasternak, 25th overall, which I think was the very best pick in this whole entire draft. Uh, Outstanding value for where they got him. Uh, Unfortunately, they can't pick him 25th again, so they got to redo that. But they go with a player that they picked anyways, and I think Ryan Donato is the best player available at the 25th overall spot. That would move him up 31 places. So it looks like Boston had themselves a really good 2014 draft. Montreal Canadiens had the 26th overall pick. They picked Nikita Sherbak. They have since uh, exercised him out of their system and gave him away to the Los Angeles Kings, who took a flyer on the reclamation project. So the Montreal Canadiens re-pick here, obviously. They don't take Sherback again. Uh, and they go pick a player who falls down from the top of the first round, uh, still stays in, though, Jake Furtanen, another player that Vancouver Nuck fans were really sour on, uh, really give, giving this kid a hard ride. And uh, I think... He's still an NHL player. He's got NHL value. I just think they need to reassess uh, what they realistically think he is. That the fact that Vancouver picked him ahead of Nylander and Ellers and so on and so on. Um, 
that they think that he should have that kind of upside. He's just not that kind of player. However, he is a legitimate NHL player, though, and Montreal Canadiens would be happy to have him. San Jose Sharks, 27th overall, picked Nikolai Goldolbin, and that's pretty good value for what they got here. So they pick him again. 28th, New York Islanders again. Is the Islanders' second pick in, in this draft, and here they took Josh Hosang, and again, a bit of a player that they rolled the dice on, and uh, I would say that it has not really panned out for them. Kid's got his issues. Uh, so they take a do-over on this, and they're going to move Danton Heinen up 88 places and move him into the first round. Uh, Danton Heinen has played at the NHL, and he's uh, put together quite a few good little seasons. I think he's got some some more upside. Josh Hosang might have a much higher offensive upside, but the certainty of him making it to the NHL anymore is, is looking grimmer. 29th overall, Los Angeles Kings picked Adrian Kempe with the second last pick in the first round, and they do that exact thing again. Uh, great value pick for what they got here. And then last but not least, the 30th overall pick, the New Jersey Devils took Quenville. And they do not do that again. And this time, they actually go and move a goalie up into the first round. And they go ahead and pick Thatcher Demko, moving him up six places. Canucks got him early in the second round. But on my redraft, he goes in the first round to New Jersey. So some interesting takeaways from this. Uh, I thought that the three biggest risers who all went up uh, over 100 draft positions, Andre Cash, Limbaum, and Argvidsson, all European players. I guess that maybe tells you that uh, European players can get underrated for some reason, not just the Russians, of course, too, right? The Russian factor is, I think, an alive and well thing with some teams, not all teams, but with some teams. And uh, I think you can maybe make a case that there's some European bias. Maybe the scouts don't get as much opportunity to go there and see uh, all the players play. Uh, But those are three examples of players that should have been first-round picks, had first-round pick type careers so far Braden Point of course is another one Heinen, Dvorak, Donato all move into the first round that knocks out seven other players on the outs would be Michael Del Cole who is the fifth overall pick drops right out of the first round you may or may not think that's reasonable but hey it's my mock draft Sonny Milano goes out of the first round he was the 16th overall pick Anthony D'Angelo was almost the player I put at 30th uh, since he seems to have stopped his slide and uh, found some traction in New York Rangers but uh, it wasn't enough for me to knock him out of the first round Connor Blakely was a, it was an easy elimination Nikita Sherback was an easy one too since he was just given away on waivers uh, Josh Hosang and, and Quenville are the other two players who get the gate out of my first round so that was kind of a fun little thing little redraft is the 2014 draft I'm going to take a little break and come back and talk a little bit of NCAA Frozen 4. Hang on to that. All right. Let's talk a little college hockey. And I'm uh, going to start off with um, the Hobie Baker Award. This is coming up um, Friday night. I believe it's going to be announced. The games are Thursday and Saturday. They'll be broadcast on ESPN2, TSN2 on Thursday, April 11th. And you can catch the championship game on Saturday, April 13th at 8 p.m. on ESPN2 and streaming on 
TSN, uh, north of the 49th. And they're going to announce the Hobie Baker Award. There's a, a long list of players who are nominated for the award. And uh, rather than go over all of them, I thought I'd just narrow it down to the, uh, the top 10 finalists and give you a little bit of a rundown on these guys. So in no particular order, um, the first player I had is uh, Joe Duzak. He is a junior. He's a defenseman. He played for Mercyhurst, and uh, he was signed as a free agent recently by the Toronto Maple Leafs, so his college career comes to an end. He's a little bit under the radar, and actually I just listened to uh, a new podcast today that covers fantasy hockey prospects as well, so I'm not one of the only ones anymore. It's uh, it's called Fanalytic and Scouting Podcast, and uh, I highly recommend you giving it a listen. They have three episodes out so far. I listened to uh, uh, all. I binge listened to all three today. Uh, loved it, loved it, loved it, and highly recommend you give them a listen. One of the players they talked about was uh, Joe Duzak, and uh, their comments were that he's coming from uh, non traditionally recognized hockey markets um, and not tremendous team and division in the NCAA. So he's a kind of player that flies under the radar a little bit. Uh, however, he had a pretty great season, obviously nominated for the Hobie Baker. Toronto Maple Leafs give him a, a contract. So be interesting to see how he does and uh, if he can have any sort of fantasy value. Uh, the next player is Adam Fox, also a junior, also a defenseman. He played with uh, Harvard this year, so he has a year to go, and uh, he's a Carolina Hurricanes prospect. They acquired him in that trade with Calgary that brought Dougie Hamilton and Michael Furland over as well. And uh, there's been a little bit of speculation with this player throughout his career, whether or not he would sign, whether or not he would sign, like even going back to when he was in Calgary. Calgary obviously got the vibe that he wasn't gonna, that he's going to play out his four years of junior, and then exercise his right to become an unrestricted free agent and it looks like that's what he's going to do um there was some news about that that he told carolina he wouldn't be signing and he'd be going back to play in hard for next year so um maybe carolina looks to trade his rights if they think that uh he has a specific team in mind that he wants to play for maybe they can uh get some sort of compensation rather than losing for nothing uh, the next player was the uh, lead leading scorer, Taro Hirose. I've spoke about this player a couple times on the podcast recently. Another junior. He's a forward, and uh, he played in Michigan, and uh, he has since been signed by the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, they signed him as a free agent, so he doesn't leave uh, very doesn't have to go very far to report to his NHL team. He, he's played in an NHL game this season. Uh, so Taro Hirose leading the league in scoring now in the NHL. Quinn Hughes is another Michigan player. He's a sophomore, one and done. Uh, he's also made his way to Vancouver, and all you need to do is look at Twitter to see how much Vancouver Canuck fans are just loving Quinn Hughes to death. And for good reason. The guy is electric. He makes tremendous plays, and he's going to have an impact on the Vancouver power play for many years, and he's going to be very, very, very fantasy relevant as a defenseman. All right, another player uh, to talk about here would be Mason Jopes. He's a senior. He's a forward. He's an also uh, an unrestricted free agent playing for Ohio, and he has been signed by the New York Islanders. So there's another. That's three players so far, for those of you keeping score at home, who are 
undrafted free agent players uh, playing college hockey that have all since signed and will be available in your fantasy leagues next season. Next player on the list, and this is a lot of people's favorites to win the whole shebang, that would be Kale McCarr. He's a sophomore. He's in his second year uh, at UMass, and he's the only player uh, nominated for the Hobie Baker in the Final Four. And he's a Colorado uh, Avalanche draft pick, obviously. And everyone is assuming that he doesn't have anything left to prove at the college. And I would agree with that since he's tied for second in the league in scoring as a defenseman. And uh, he could be making his way to Colorado Avalanche and maybe even playing some Stanley Cup final games before this season is over. Uh, Another player on this list that is an unrestricted free agent, Patrick Newell. He's a senior forward with St. Cloud State. He um, has signed with the New York Rangers. And Chase Prisky is another player like uh, Adam Fox, who has let it be known that he will be using his unrestricted free agent uh, option He'll be doing that this season as he was a senior for Quinnipiac. He had a tremendous season offensively for Quinnipiac. Uh, I'm not sure why he doesn't want to play for the Washington Capitals. No one can offer him more money. It's an entry-level contract deal that he can get. He's going to a team that uh, is the defending Stanley Cup champions, so he has an opportunity to play on a winning team right away, and they have a pretty shallow prospect pool, so he doesn't have a lot of competition for job uh, as a senior He's not, you know, he's not a 19 or 20 year old kid anymore, so he should be pretty mature and ready to try and crack the NHL roster. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, next player on the list is uh, Jimmy Schultz. He is a, another free agent player. He's been signed by the Vegas Golden Knights. He played for St. Cloud State as well. Uh, so that's a second St. Cloud State free agent senior player. Uh, this one a defenseman. And final player on my top 10 is Nico Sturm. He's a junior forward with Clarkson. And again, he's a free agent. He was signed by Minnesota Wilds. So one, two, three, four, five, six of the players on the Hobie Baker top 10 have all just signed NHL entry-level contracts as free agents. So as I said, a lot of people think that Kale McCarr is the uh, slam dunk to win this award, but uh, I was spending some time doing some research on elite prospects today, and I happened to see a friend of the show, uh, Russ Cohen, had a hot take on exactly this topic, and he said in his article that most people would feel that the consensus will be Cal McCarr, and and I put this list out on Twitter on the on the podcast account. And the overwhelming majority of people are saying it's, it's McCarr, isn't it? It's a slam dunk, isn't it? It's got to be McCarr, which echoes what Russ was saying in his article, but he's saying not so fast. If you actually read the criteria for the award, it's not the most valuable. It's not an MVP award. Um, so the actual language for the criteria of the award is as follows. Outstanding skills in all phases of the game. Strength of character on and off the ice, sportsmanship, and scholastic achievements. So Russ's argument is that while Cal McCarr might be the most talented player, another thing to keep in mind is that this award is a snapshot of who is the most um, outstanding player in all four of these categories at this moment in time uh, that doesn't have the, you know, 
the upside career projection. They're not trying to predict who's going to have the best career or anything like that. So Russ doesn't think that it's going to be um, Cam Lacar. He went out on a limb and went out of left field and picked a player who still made my top 10 list, of course, but uh, but he did not take Cam Lacar. And I'm not going to spoil the article for you. It's a really good read. It's not too long. It's nice and short and sweet, but right to the point. So check it out on Elite Prospects. That's by Russ Cohen. All right, on to the actual tournament now. I told you what the dates are for this and where you can watch it, ESPN and TSN, uh, Thursday and Saturday. So the four contending teams in it are Denver, Minnesota Duluth, Providence, and UMass. So let's uh, let's take a look at each team real quick and just have a couple of comments on some players to watch and whatnot. So start with Denver. They have uh, six NHL drafted players uh, on their roster. Uh, they are returning to the Frozen Forum after losing five players last year and uh, and their head coach. So they got a, a new head coach, five new players. So that's not a significant amount of turnover for basically a junior team. Uh, they lost Jim Montgomery to the NHL, their head coach. Uh, so some players to watch for Denver would be uh, their goalies. They got a couple of goalies who basically split the season. Um, Devin Cooley, he's a sophomore free agent. He's 20 years old. Um, and the other one is Philip Larson. He's a freshman drafted by the Detroit Red Wings. They both played about 20 games. Their stats are almost identical. 1.85 goals against versus 1.87. And they both had four shutouts. Uh, so Denver's got some, some depth in goal. doesn't really matter if, you know, one guy's kind of playing poorly. They just swap the other guy in there. Or if they get an injury, then, you know, they've got a really, really, really good uh, backup. Uh, on the ice, their leading scorer, Liam Finley. Uh, he's a right winger, junior. Uh, he's a free agent. Uh, a little undersized, 5'7", 154. But he's got a pretty good stat line. 40 games, he's got 16 goals and 36 points. So if I get a chance to watch these games, he's a player I'll be looking for. Uh, another player I really want to look for is uh, Matthias Emilio Pedersen. He is a freshman. Calgary Flames drafted him in the 18th round sorry, in 2018, uh, 167th overall. Not a big guy, 5'10", 172, but uh, man, he's got 30 points in 40 games. So this is a player that prospect player that is uh, trending up pretty fast and should really be on your fantasy radar. His fan tracks ownership is only 5%. Um, this is, a, again, a player that they talked about on Fanalytica podcast. Uh, one more player for Denver. Uh, you might know the name Ian Mitchell. He's a defenseman drafted by the Chicago Blackhawks back in 2017, 57th overall. He's a sophomore, so second season. Um, in his first season, he had 41 points in 30 games. This year, he had uh, 38 points in 27 games, so pretty stagnant production there. Uh, played a few games less, though, because he made it to the World Juniors for Canada. Um, he played five games and had three points for Canada at the World Juniors. All right, moving on to the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, who are the defending champions. And uh, so they return to the Frozen Four again. And if they repeat uh, as champions, they'll be the first team to do it since 2004 and five when Denver did it. Um, they have all 6D and their starting goalie returning from last season. 
Um, so their defensive core is is pretty impressive. They have seven NHL drafted players as well, which is pretty solid. Uh, Denver had six, so I'll keep a running score on that. Some players to watch for uh, the Bulldogs, uh, as, as I said, it was their D. So first and foremost, Scott Perunovich, St. Louis Blues pick from 2018, 45th overall. He's a sophomore. He had uh, 29 points, led the team in D scoring in 37 games. Another player that I really like, I've talked about him before on uh, this podcast in his draft year back in 2017, would be Mikey Anderson. I really like him. Uh, He was picked 103rd overall by the Los Angeles Kings, uh, also a sophomore. Uh, He only had 24 points in 38 games, but uh, that's actually not bad for a defenseman. That is good offensive production, and he's a physical defenseman, so... um, it's nice to see him developing the offensive side of his game. Uh, really translates well to fantasy hockey. Uh, the other big defenseman that you want to watch for with Minnesota is Dylan Sandberg, Winnipeg Jets pick, also from the 17 draft. He was picked 43rd overall. He is also a sophomore. So, man, the Bulldogs really added three solid defensemen to their roster um, two years ago. He has 17 points in 37 games. Uh, a couple more players. Noah Cates is a Philadelphia Flyers prospect. He's the left winger there. Uh, he was picked in the 17 draft as well, 137th overall. This is his first season. He's a freshman, and in his first season, he's got 22 points in 38 games, so that's relevant. And uh, their goalie is Hunter Shepard. He is a free agent. He's a junior, so he's one more year of eligibility. He may be back, but he's already got a pretty winning pedigree in college, so look for someone to maybe look to try and lure him into the pro level. He's 23 years old, average size, six foot two or nine. That might be a little short by NHL standards these days, but he had six shutouts in 40 games and a 182 goals against average, so pretty solid stat line, I would say. Riley Tufty is another player on Duluth. Dallas Stars first round pick. Keep an eye on him. Moving on to the Providence Friar. So this is a veteran team. They've got six seniors and seven juniors. They also have co-captains, which is kind of interesting. Um, Jacob Bryson and Casper Bjorkrist. So I wonder, like, usually after a championship game, they award the championship trophy to the team captain. And in this case, they've got two guys. So it's not unprecedented. I just think it's weird. And they have nine NHL players picked on their roster here are some players you want to watch um it's a free agent one of the the top players on their team is a not drafted player josh wilkins his center he's uh 45 points in 39 games that's pretty outstanding 511 181 so not too big uh not big at all but not too small and uh he should be looking for a free agent contract here if he, especially if he can lead uh, Providence to a championship. Jack Duggan, he is a left winger. He's a Vegas Golden Knights prospect. 17 draft, 142 overall. Uh, he's got 39 points in 40 games for a freshman. That's outstanding. That's a point-a-game production in his first year. Uh, so Jack Duggan, uh, making Vegas look pretty good for picking him 142nd overall. Uh, Jacob Bryson is their top-scoring defenseman. He's a Buffalo Sabres prospect, 17 draft again, 99th overall. He's in his junior season, so he may be back for one more year. Uh, No rush to put him into the Buffalo Sabres situation. 
27 points in 41 games is pretty good for a defenseman, so um, lots of potential with Bryson. Jay O'Brien is a Philadelphia Flyers first-round pick from 2018. He's uh, 19th overall, and he's a freshman. He's in uh, his first season, and he put up five points in 25 games. So he was limited to 25 games, but part of that would be because he played in the World Juniors. Uh, He had uh, seven games at the World Juniors. Didn't score there either. So not a lot on the stat line with Jay O'Brien. I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched a Providence game all season, so I'm not sure what his deployment was like or what his ice time was like. It's worth watching, though, because he's a Philadelphia Flyers first-round pick, so we'll see what he can do in this tournament. Tyce Thompson is another player here to watch. He is a draft-eligible player, actually. Not too often do you see draft-eligible players playing in the NCAA, but here's one here. He's a freshman. He's got 25 points in 41 games, 8 goals, and 17 assists. So that was Tice Thompson. And the last player for Providence is their goalie, Hayden Hawkeye. Hockey. I want to call him Hockey, but that just sounds like the game Hockey. It's spelled H-A-W-K-E-Y. So Hawkeye? Is he missing an E on the end? Anyway, he's an Edmonton Oilers draft pick. Uh, Picks in 2014, so he goes back a little bit. He's a senior. He was picked 177th overall. And he's got arguably the best stats at any goal in the tournament. 40 games, 8 shutouts, 187 goals against average. That's pretty impressive. Um, So he'll be turning pro next year for sure. And uh, probably playing a little bit in the AHL. And the last team, the UMass, the Massachusetts Minutemen. That's a terrible name. Uh, Of course, everything starts and ends with Kale McCarr with this team. Um, he is the player to watch of the tournament. He's the player to watch in any game that uh, the Minutemen play. Uh, he had 48 points in 39 games as a sophomore. Uh, that's outstanding. Don't forget he's a defenseman. He tied for second in the NCAA in points. Uh, so the next stop for Kamakar is the NHL. Like I said, he's, he could potentially play for Colorado in the Stanley Cup playoffs if they play long enough. Uh, two more players from UMass. Jacob Pritchard. Um, he's a left wing senior. He's a free agent. Uh, he played three years at St. Lawrence and then he made the move to UMass and his stat line with St. Lawrence was anything but spectacular. And then he exploded, uh, this season with UMass, uh, all the way up to 45 points. I think it was. And then one last player to talk about from UMass is another 2019 draft eligible. That's uh, Mark Delgazo. He's um, he's an overager. So this is his freshman year, but he's 19. So he was eligible and, and not drafted last year. And he, he'll be eligible again for the NHL draft uh, in his freshman season. He's 19 years old. Uh, he's a 99 born, late, uh, late birthday in 99, born in October. Um, he had uh, 27 points in 39 games for UMass. So that's it. That's a preview for you for the Frozen Four tournament coming up. Some players to watch. Uh, Hobie Baker award speculation. Uh, All these players I talk about should have some fantasy relevancy to them. Some of them are owned. You might own them in your pool, so this would be a great way to track their progress and see how far they are away from contributing stats to your fantasy team. Or, you know, should it be hold on to them, wait till a season or two more, or maybe look at these guys and think you can let them go. 
Uh, great tournament to watch. I hope I can get some games. And uh, we'll be back in a little bit. I'm going to shift gears internationally and talk a little U18s. All right, hang on. Back, back, back. Let's talk a little 2019 draft prospects as we have the uh, U18 tournament coming up. So for all you uh, hockey junkies out there and draft junkies like me, this is kind of your last opportunity to get a look at the best in class for the upcoming NHL draft. There will be some players exempted, of course, as their uh, junior teams are still competing in postseason in their respective leagues. And some players just inexplicably weren't named to the team. And then uh, you've got some other players who chose to play somewhere else. However, the lion's share of top prospects will be available for this draft. So uh, if you're interested in draft previewing and, and looking at who the next wave of top prospects will be in the NHL, this is a great tournament for it. Better than the World Juniors because the World Juniors consists of almost entirely drafted prospects with the, a few outliers that are draft eligible. Uh, so let's take a look at some of the rosters. Let's start in Canada. So the tournament, by the way, I should say, starts uh, in April on the 19th and goes for 10 days to the 29th. It's going to be held in, I think it's Sweden this year. So there'll be in North America here, there'll be a lot of Early games and PBRing, uh, as the timelines just don't match up. Uh, so the Canadian roster ha- has been announced, and uh, I took some liberties of trying to forecast what I think it might might shake out like. I'm probably way wrong, so I apologize in advance. But uh, put a little bit of emphasis on some of the draft uh, eligible prospects that are first round players or players of prominence. So Canada's forward lines, first line could look something like Alex Newhook who's playing in the BCHL and is one of the more underrated players in the draft. Um, Not too many people watch BCHL games. And uh, when he has played for Canada internationally, he has disappointed. His his stats in the BCHL are outrageously high. Um, But that's like a a, a lower tier than, than any of the CHL leagues. So some people are just looking at his stat line and haven't actually watched him play and taking this all with a grain of salt, of course. Or maybe they watched him play at some international tournaments with Canada. It's like, ah, see, he plays in the BCHL. He can't play like that against, um, you know, stronger competition. I haven't seen him him play enough to to pass judgment. I've I've read arguments one way or the other. So I will hopefully be able to watch some of this tournament. And I will use this tournament uh, as an opportunity for Alex Newhook to prove people right or wrong as to where they think he fits in. Is he a first-round pick? Is he a top-ten pick? Uh, is he overrated? Is he going to project at higher levels? Uh, it's going to be very difficult, but that's why we do this, because it's fun. Uh, players I have lining up for him on his wing would be uh, left-wing Peyton Krebs from Kootenai, Dylan Cozens, right-wing from Lethbridge. So you got an all-West Coast line there, all first-round picks. Uh, I saw it Cousins and Krebs play a couple times. Um, Cousins really stood out to me at the top prospect game. Really like what what he brings to the table. So uh, there's three players who you definitely want to watch. Um, moving on after that, another player I think is first round a lock is Ryan Suzuki. And after that, 
maybe not any player is going to make it into the first round for for Canada uh, on the forward rosters. Uh, Braden Tracy and Nathan Laguerre are two wingers that I would project on the second line. Um, Connor Zary, Jean-Luc Foudy, Jacob Perrault uh, would make a nice third line. Uh, Keanu Washkruk and Maverick Bork and Andrew Perrier round out the fourth line. On defense, some players to watch would be Thomas Harley and Jamie Drysdale. Thomas Harley is a left shot D playing with Mississauga. Jamie Drysdale is a right shot D playing with Erie. So they're coming from the same league. And Canada's got a really nice left-right balance. Uh, all the players on the left side are left shots, and all the players on the right side are right shots. Uh, after that, Lucas Comrier and Caden uh, Korzak I would put on the second tier, and Michael Vukojevic and Braden Schneider uh, on your bottom six with Damon Hunt as your uh, flex defenseman. Uh, Jamison Reese is your uh, extra forward as well from Sarnia Sting. In goal, uh, I think you'll have a battle, a competition for starting goalies. Um, I don't think I'd rank any of these guys as a surefire lock as a starting goalie. Uh, I ranked them as the following. Taylor Gauthier from Prince George, Jonathan Lemieux from Valdor, and Dylan Garland from Kamloops. Uh, I should also mention the uh, seedings for the, the tournament. Group A will consist of Finland and Canada and the Czechs and Belarus and Switzerland. And Group B will be USA, Sweden, Russia, Slovakia, and Latvia. Um, so look for either, I think, either Canada or Finland to come out of Group A and uh, USA. And I haven't seen Russia's roster yet, so um, Sweden's looks all right, but uh, I think USA would probably be the team to beat overall in the entire tournament. They have a pretty strong roster. Uh, hey, that's a nice segue, Pete. Let's talk about USA. Uh, so USA hasn't announced their team, but uh, a lot of the players who play for it, I think, would be coming from uh, the NTDB program. Uh, Jack Hughes is, is reporting to the team, apparently, so he'll be front and center. He'll be looking to uh, stand out. He kind of maybe lost a little bit of momentum uh, in his draft race for first overall at the Royal Juniors going head-to-head against Capocaco. Uh, not that he played poorly. He was injured a little bit, but anyways... Uh, I think he'll be looking at this tournament to put a exclamation point and an underline on his name at one overall on the rankings on everybody's list. Uh, some people have moved Kako ahead of Hughes, and obviously it's well documented that the gap is really closed. Um, I think this will be Jack Hughes's opportunity to uh, say, nah, I'm first overall. End of conversation. Uh his wingers could probably be Matt Boldy and Cole Caulfield, uh, all first-round pick players. Trevor Zegras and Alex Turcotte will be on the second line, probably, with Patrick Monolin. Uh John Beecher is a player who I'm really curious to, to, to watch him play. Um, I really like what uh, Steve Cornianis has been talking about with this player on the draft analyst because the really, really deep fantasy league I'm in is a bit of a bangers and mash league where you get points... It's a Roto League, so you score goals and assists, obviously, and power play points and face-off and hits and block shots. And uh, So it sounds like Jonathan Beecher is going to be a, a stat stuffer, a nice, maybe not excelling on the offensive stats, but he'll get some of those as well as provide you with a whole bunch of uh, periphery stats as well. Um, 
they got a bunch of options of players who could they could round out their roster with. Uh, Michael Gilden, Judd Caulfield, Ryder Rolston, Owen Lindmark, and Sean Farrell. On defense, Cam York obviously will be the anchor there. Uh, look for him to be surrounded by Donimic, uh Fenrose, Henry Thurn, Drew Hellison, um, and they got a couple other options there to round out the bottom two. Uh, the other player who this is really one of the more interesting players, I think, for the draft is Spencer Knight. He'll be the starting goalie for USA, barring any injury. And um, he's getting a lot of talk about being a first-round pick. Goalies in the first round has kind of kind of become passe at NHL drafts and uh, certainly not very high. You know, you might want to use a late first-round pick on a goalie that is a, is a surefire can't miss, but I think the whole... You know, Jake Allen is a surefire can't miss. And there's a laundry list of Michael DiPietro's um, that were surefire can't miss stud goalies that just didn't pan out. Um, not that skaters always pan out. Um, but teams have just generally, for one reason or another, shied away from goalies. So um, looks like Spencer Knight is, is the real, real deal. And he could be the player that sort of bucks the trend and uh, gets goalies back into the first round maybe. So that'll be really interesting. Uh, the next two lists were compiled for me by Yoki Nevalainen. He doesn't really know that, but thank you, Yoki. Um, he had a prospect ramblings on Dauber Prospects, and it was basically exactly this. He was looking at uh, the U18 uh, rosters and, and predicting, uh, looking at what the teams had tweeted out as their, um, their short list for players. And uh, so he went ahead and, and compiled a list and... Honestly, I don't watch a lot of European junior hockey, so I, I default to guys like Yoki, so it was really nice of Yoki to to do this for me without even me asking for him, so thanks, Yoki. Go ahead and check that article out on Dauber Prospects, and follow Yoki Nevalainen on Twitter. Uh, he's also been on the podcast before. Yoki does good stuff. So let's start with Finland. Uh, Yoki has the first line of, well, first of all, Capo Capo is the obvious glaring exception here. He's uh, declined to play for the U18, and he's going to put all of his efforts into making the men's world championship roster. Um, there's some really interesting... This was on Yoki Nevalainen's timeline, too. There's some really interesting comments uh, that came out from, from Capo Capo where he's saying that, you know, this is a kids' tournament, and, and he's ready for, for more of a challenge, and so that's why he's going to try and make the men's uh, world championship team um, it's an interesting play uh, I don't think he's wrong I don't, I don't think he has uh, much to gain by playing in this tournament um, this is a, a draft positioning tournament and uh, I think he's focusing on challenging himself more at the upper levels so disappointing for Finland and disappointing for, for the draft folks where we won't get to watch him um, but hey man watch him at the world championship see how he does there so the first line for Finland uh, should shake out like this, according to Yoki. Anton Lundell, who's not even eligible for the 20 draft, or 19 draft, he's 2020 draft eligible, and he'll be a top pick there. So he'll be centering Finland's first line as an underager. Uh, he'll have Levi Altonen on one side and uh, Antti Sorella on the other side on that first line. So that's a pretty potent offensive first line. Um some other player, I won't go through the whole roster because I can't probably pronounce most of these names correctly. So just go ahead and read Yoki's article. But I've underlined some players that stood out to me. Uh, Atu Rete is a 21 draft eligible 
player who's making this team and Yoki has him projected as a third line center and he's a player who for the 21 draft is going to be a very top ranked prospect who should be competing for first overall I suppose uh, so that's very interesting I'm, I'm really excited to hopefully get a chance to watch him get some ice time um, Yoki has him ranked on the third line so that's not so bad uh, he's got uh, a brother by the looks of it, same last name, uh, Akurete. He's 19 draft eligible, so he's a, a this year draft eligible player. So it could be a little bit of brotherly chemistry happening there, but the Yoki doesn't have them on the same line. On defense, uh, finishes top defenseman would be Vili Hanola. Uh, he's a 19, all the defense are 19 eligible. Um, and uh, I think he's one of the very best defensemen eligible in this draft, uh, perhaps second-ranked defenseman. Uh, their goalies, uh, no one there I really recognize, so I'll just kind of skip over that. Uh, Sweden made some news, uh, excluding Noel Gunler from their roster, and Noel Gunler made some news uh, with some expletive deletives about proving the coach wrong that uh, he should shouldn't have cut him off the roster uh so that's kind of interesting um on the roster however alex holtz made the roster of course he is a 2020 draft eligible prospect uh really interesting to see what he does in his uh draft year he has been drafted in the chl import draft but chose not to come over uh he was on an episode of the pipeline show with Guy flaming and um didn't really tip his hat too much one way or the other. He didn't rule it out. He wouldn't say, no, I'm, I'm not coming. But uh, it didn't sound like he was enthusiastic about it. So I don't think he'll be coming over next season, which is unfortunate for us in North America. Albin Grew is another player on Sweden's roster that you're going to want to watch. Uh, he's 19 eligible. Uh, he's a left winger. Another 2020 draft eligible player who's projected on Yoki's first line is Lucas Raymond. Uh, that's interesting. On defense, they got a couple players, Tobias Bjornfort and Philip Broberg. Um, he has them on the left side. Those are two more players that will be first-round players eligible and uh, will be vi- jockeying for draft status and position. So those are some players I think have extreme fantasy relevancy, uh, high potential draft pick, first-round player kind of guys. Um, another interesting thing about this tournament that I really like to keep in mind is I do a little bit of scouting. I take notes, try to remember as many of the players who have impacts that I like, uh, because a lot of these players get picked at the CHL import draft, which comes up this summer as well. Um, it happens about a week after the NHL draft. And, uh, it's always nice to, you know, if a team that you follow or you live near a city that you can go and watch, uh, picks a player in an import draft, especially one that was just drafted in the NHL. If you have any sort of, um, viewing on them, you'll have an idea of what kind of player they're, that they are and, uh, just something to look forward to. Uh, so anyways, that's my thoughts on U18, four teams. It's a good tournament. I highly recommend you set your PVR, give it a watch as much as you can. Um, follow some people like Yogi. He'll be watching it very closely. He's tweeting out some uh, highlight reels a lot lately too. So thanks for that again, Yogi. Really appreciate that. And that's it for this episode. Uh, thanks for listening. And again, you could follow me on Twitter at Farling. Follow the podcast DPR underscore show. Find me on Dauber Prospects. Uh, I put up an article 
got getting back into the ramblings again. Uh, did an article last week on Shane Wright and his exceptional status. He was officially picked by the Kingston Frontenacs, to no one's surprise. Kingston had a really great draft. Um, and uh, anyways, the content of the article was basically how Kingston can build around Shane Wright, leveraging his exceptional status to recruit, and how you can look at teams that are rebuilding in real life in the OHL and the NHL and take a look at what some of the techniques that they use to remodel and rebuild their team as quicker than as possible uh, and try and use some of those strategies in your fantasy hockey league. So that's an interesting article. Check that out on Dauber Prospects as well. Lots of great content there as always. And uh, that's it for now. Uh, thanks for your time. You can thank me for mine and we'll see you around. Yeah.